Welcome to the Soul Journeys Podcast. My name is Jennifer Longmore, and I am founder of the number one Akashic Record training school in the world. As a seasoned light worker and ascension worker, I want to bring you the show to provide you with the divine guidance and tools that you need as a light worker and change agent to navigate this great awakening. So if that is something that you're craving, then you have come to the right place. Think of this High Vibe podcast as your guide to the changes that we're seeing in the world so that you can be supported in navigating the new paradigm. Leave it to me to provide you with the divine tools, resources, and experts that will support you in navigating this once-in-a-lifetime epic event. Thank you for pressing play. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am so excited to introduce you to Susie Ashworth. I don't know if you know Susie. I'm kind of surprised if you don't because she is a superstar. She is a renowned Hay House author. She's a serial entrepreneur. She's a business growth strategist. She is a mom of three. She is a globe trotter. And uh, she's been featured a lot on major media naturally because she's got such an amazing message. So she helps people, you know, connect with, with what they need to, to, to run a, an aligned business and to move beyond their limits and so on. So she offers retreats and events, including Limitless Live, which is an annual one day event. I guess we'll talk about how that's going to look uh, the next yeah. time you go to run it. And um and we're going to get really woo today. We're going to have fun and talk about how to navigate this great awakening and how Susie's gifts can support you with that. So Susie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to do this. Yeah. So I think it's pretty standard practice to, you know, talk about how we get to this place in life, right? How how do any of us arrive at this place where we're flying our woo flag and making no apology and just getting out there and being the message and publishing books, hosting events, that kind of thing. Uh, even if other people think that we are off our rocker. So yeah. <laughs> can you give us a bit of a background of how you got to this place where you're offering what you're offering? Yeah, I think that it started well. I know in fact, it goes back further than that. I was going to say it started 20 years ago when my mum died. But actually, I was reflecting on this just recently. And the fact that when I was, I was probably about six or seven, and I decided that I wanted to be christened. And I was brought up in, um, I was brought up in a foster family. My parents were white. It was myself and my younger sister and they were not religious at all and one day i was like i want to be christened and they were like okay then um uh, so <laughs> we went and got christened so and i and when i was thinking about that it was just i was already connected to something bigger than myself and i didn't know i don't know why but i was always already connected to something bigger and then when I was 19, my foster mother passed away and that was a real big wake up call because I wasn't there when she died. I only saw her once while she was in the hospital and I was carrying with me a huge amount of guilt and shame at not being able to support this amazing human being in her dying days when she had given me so much from the age of three months old and at that point in time I started looking at who is it that I want to be who do I want to be in this world and how do I want to show up because I dropped out of school I was working in Pizza Hut I was smoking loads of weed. I was, you know, I was a typical, well, maybe not typical, but I was a 19 <laughs> year old, like on the path to nowhere. And when she went, I, I decided to leave my hometown and I went to Ibiza and Ibiza changed my life. Ibiza, I met incredible human beings from all around the world 
And it was really clear to me that there was a whole big wide world out there. And so I spent three and a half months in Ibiza, came back to the UK for a couple of weeks, was like, I am not ready. I was still massively grieving. And I went to Amsterdam and there's like a theme of the places that I went. I went to Ibiza, then Amsterdam, then Bangkok. So it was quite a hedonistic period for me. Um, um, but in Amsterdam, I connected with a friend who was reading a book called The Celestine Prophecy. And that was the introduction to this being, yeah, that, that things don't happen by coincidence. Everything happens for a reason. And that was really powerful for me personally, but also very useful for me in terms of healing the pain that I was feeling around the loss of my mother and realizing that maybe I didn't say it like this at the time, but certainly now it was the biggest gift that I could have ever been gifted to lose her at that age. And to really be, well, first of all, to be given to her or found by her and my foster father, just really incredible human beings that could have been so different Then to see their work ethic and how they supported my sister and I and how they loved us. And then to lose my mum at 19 and then my father at 23, those losses, um, um, those losses, connected me reconnected me to the idea that there had to be something bigger than myself and I think that one of the things I say often is it doesn't even need to be true when it's helpful then uh, that's everything and it was so helpful to to feel that they would be supporting me from afar and it's that thought that has really snowballed and created everything else in my life since then that was a really long answer. <laughs> no, I, I feel like we need to turn that into like a movie. That's <laughs> so amazing. I, I, there's so much in what you just shared and I'm kind of getting tongue tied in my questions here. First of all, just as a side note, Celestine Prophecy for me as well was an amazing book. It's on my recommended reading list. So to hear you share it, if any of you are listening and you haven't read it, do yourself a favor and read that book, regardless of how much spiritual work you've done or how much personal development. It's a great book. And I'm thinking note to self, I'm going to go reread it after yeah. we're done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I think, you know, one of the things that I'm, aware of in this great awakening, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this, is that I can see collectively, and I can also speak for myself personally, that one of the patterns we're releasing is being in, having an aspect of us stuck in adolescence, where we still let the adults in our life take care of the big decisions. We pay, you know, in this case, government is a metaphor for parents. And so we pay them, we trust that they're going to take care of the big things that we ask them to take care of. So we can just go and hang out on the weekends and buy a car and go to the mall and do whatever the things are. Right. Yeah. And we've come to realize that uh, our governmental parents maybe uh, didn't or maybe never even had our best interests in mind collectively and then with particular races and ethnicities and religions and so on. So when I hear that you lost both of your parents at such a young age, your foster parents, I mean, because um, mm. we haven't even talked about your biological parents yet, I wonder how that prepared you for now. I think resiliency and knowing my strength, really knowing my strength is what losing them early gave me. I think that the thing that they gifted me, which I have talked about before as well, is that anything that I requested and and I say this not from a monetary perspective because they were very working class. We lived in a very small house. We were like the smallest house of all of my friends. Um, um, but anything that I wanted to do, the answer was always yes. We'll find a way. Oh, I want to play the flute. Okay. So they got a grant. 
Oh, I want to play the cello. Okay, so we've got a grant for that. Oh, I want to go skiing with the school. Okay, so we'll get the bursary. Like there was always a way for me to be able to do the things I wanted to do. And having people that always said yes, I grew up with a real mentality and an attitude of, well, why not me? We'll find a way. Well, of course, we'll make it happen because they always made it happen. And that especially in this entrepreneurial journey has been so powerful and then as a mother i hear myself saying no quite a lot and i'm like hang on a minute susie the reason that you're here is because you had you had people saying yes and so it's it's very interesting how I need to continually remind myself that having the freedom to fail, which is basically what they gave me, and not worrying about my imperfections because I was never really the best at anything. It, it never mattered. It, that was never the conversation. It has been so helpful for me as a business owner. I feel that what has happened especially since the pandemic, it's, it's, it's the stuff that came after that has really prepared me for what has happened in the last few months. And literally the stuff that happened like two weeks before the pandemic. So I did a, I went on a plant medicine journey. I did Bufo, not plant medicine, toad medicine. And my, I, I did not know what was real and, and unreal the whole of reality, um, um, everything stopped. I lost my body, I lost my mind. And at one point in the small slither of consciousness that remained, I remember thinking to myself, am I mad? And when we went into the pandemic and listening to, and I, I don't want to call them conspiracy, I will call them cons conspiracy theories, but listening to the conspiracy theories, listening to what the other end of the spectrum was, everything that I knew to be true disappeared. And that feeling of, have I lost my mind? It was very comforting to have gone through the Bufo experience because then I was able to say, this is like being on a huge like ayahuasca journey. This is like being in a, in a massive plant medicine journey. And all you can do when you're in that space is surrender and sigh and really in the surrender is where you find your truth. And that is really what I have been working with when I think about, you know, everything that's gone on recently. So, I mean, it's been fluid. <laughs> oh my God. I have so many chills as you're talking about that. I don't think the way you worded that, it is so palpable. Right? And I think gives such context to what so many of us are feeling and how amazing that you had this, this experience that almost foreshadowed what you needed to prepare for. Cause yeah, I think most of us, at least those of us that have done, you know, a certain level of personal development and so on are thinking, am I losing my mind? Like, am I the only person wearing this tinfoil hat in the room? Like what yeah. is happening right now? <laughs> so to hear you describe it so perfectly I was going to ask you before you even said around surrendering. So how do we navigate this? How do we navigate this very surreal trip that we're on? Yeah. For me, actually, it's been space. And it's been quite interesting because my family and I were in Mexico for 16 months, which was a huge spiritual awakening for all of us, um, certainly myself. Um, and then coming back to the UK, the difference that I'm noticing in myself there versus here in terms of the spaciousness that I am not giving myself in the UK is very interesting to observe. So what happened at the start of the pandemic was I went into mama bear mode and my community were kind of running around like, oh my God. And it was like, okay, everybody breathe we're all gonna be okay, you know, we need to tune in. You need to find out your truth with regards to, should I sell, should I not sell, you know, and all of that stuff, like 
we can talk about that. We can talk about you. Just everybody breathe. And I was on call a lot during that time. It felt exhausting because I just wanted to be there for everybody. Um, and then I needed to stop. And it was interesting because the question that came up is, are you allowed to stop? Are you really leading if you take a step back now? And I spoke to one of my mentors about it and she, and she very, very helpfully said, you can't lead unless you're leading yourself. You know, leadership is being there, but it's also taking space. And I think it was, I can't remember at what period, but I took three whole days, no technology, no anything. And I just sat in silence and well, as silent as it can be with three children under the age of nine, but <laughs> I took <laughs> my face. And that was incredibly powerful. And from that space emerged a whole new way of desiring to show up. And prior, and my bio really is probably prior, well, it is prior to pandemic times that you read there because now I have given myself permission to go all of the way woo and that has been my most recent launch there was no business strategy it was all about how do we tune in and all of the processes that I've been using over the last 18 months to allow me to go beyond my mind and access a deeper truth and prior to the pandemic happening, I think it would have happened anyway. So my transformation, but the pandemic, it did, it's not even about giving myself permission. It's a call. It's a call to rise that we're all getting right now. And you can either ignore the call or answer the call. And I was like, hi universe, I'm here. Okay, let's do this. And, and now we're, we're, I'm having conversations like this with you, which a year ago, I, I wouldn't have been. And so it's really, sorry, it's been about accessing. You're getting the call. Yeah. <laughs> I'm busy, universe. <laughs> yeah. We're going to so, put you on hold. Uh, yeah. It's been a, it's, it is a trip. It's been a trip, but space, that's the thing that I am. Um, how do we navigate it? I think it's about getting quiet. I think it's about tuning in and now we're in the UK. I am having to remind myself of the importance of putting the phone down, not responding to everything on Facebook all of the time, like really taking that time in the mornings, in the afternoons. This is going to be another weekend that we're coming up to where I'm, I'm having my own personal blackout because I know that that's important to receive the messages. Mm -hmm. I love that you did that for yourself and you mentioned something about when you came back from the ceremony which I do want to talk about because I'm fascinated to know about that but before we go there you came back and it was you mentioned it was trippy because there's all these different what we'll call conspiracy theories and just a ton of information to absorb yeah. and that's going to keep happening because we know that that was already happening years ago yeah but I don't think we really knew until now just mm -hmm. how much they've been trying to hijack our limbic system, right? So how do you discern what feels true for you and what doesn't? That's a really good question. For me, it goes back to what is helpful for me right now and what isn't. You know, there is... Outside of this, as human beings, what we're doing all of the time is trying to control life and we can't control life. You know, we're like gripping onto the will, thinking that if we do this and we do that and we know the how, you know, how to X, Y, and Z, then we'll be able to create this. And it doesn't work like that. I know that to be true. You know, I know that you can maybe get to a certain level with that control 
but often when you are gripping on so hard, it's exhausting and you're often missing the messages and the tuning into your truest essence when you're holding on that hard. And so the lesson for me right now is how can you release more? How can you let go more? How can you tune in more? And that comes with releasing everything. And so when it comes to receiving more information, the question that I'm asking myself is how helpful is this to me right now in terms of where I'm going? What I'm connected to is activating a million women between now and 2030 to live into divine self-expression and limitless living. And within that comes, you know, earning a shitload of money so that we can do good things. Because right now we need more conscious, awake human beings. And my belief, my bias is more women who have more money, which right now, and you can go off into a whole, like, is the economic system going to crash? You know, what's money going to be worth in five years, 10 years, 15? Like, it's helpful for me to have that information and have that question mark so I can be like, okay, I'm going to put some of my money in crypto. I'm going to put some of my money in property. I'm not going to solely focus on the stock market and traditional pensions. It's useful to have that awareness but it's not useful for me to go into the deepest darkest depths of what if everything crashes tomorrow um, or in a month's time that's not useful so it's just tuning in how is this helping me so i can take the next best step in uh, creating or allowing or facilitating this activation of women with power so we can use that power as leverage to create goodness more awakeness more consciousness in the world amen <laughs> yeah so to that end i i love that because i have my own theories as well around what makes sense for me to pay attention to and what doesn't yeah. i think where people get tripped up is that there's such a bombardment of an attack on our limbic system to try and control us from yeah. from a variety of different agendas and when we get into scrolling mode, we, we kind of step into hypnosis. So yeah. how do you know and or how do you guide your clients to know <clears throat> when they're being puppeted by something that sounds like it's true, but maybe has a hook to it that has another agenda? I think this is about body wisdom. And I think mm -hmm. that it is about exercising your muscles um, um, which I think is a process and I think takes time. This is about like tuning to your intuition, question everything, you know, ask yourself, why would, why would this be true? You know, but on top of that, tuning into your body, how does this make you feel when you get quiet? And this is why quietness and space is so important because when you are being bombarded by the like button and the heart button, and that's about stopping, creating, you not having the space to tune in. And so that quietness is so important. And I think that that, if there was one simple thing that everybody could do right now, it would be to switch off. It would be to get outside. It would be to turn the TV off and tune into how you feel. Your body has the wisdom of generations in yourself. That's all imprinted within you now. It has the wisdom of the universe. And when we listen to that, we are able to make decisions in our highest. And, you know, and, and when I say that, I hear how when I when I say that I know that it's still really difficult because there are things that are presented to me like I said I was looking at my 
life saying, wow, like really, really wow. I don't know what to think anymore. Like people who I, and I'm going to use the example here of Donald Trump and the different opinions that I heard about Donald Trump from people that I love and respect on both sides. How do you look at somebody who you really, really love and respect and who, you know, you hold in high esteem, who says, you need to question your views about Donald Trump, Susie. You know, you, you seriously need to question your views about him. How do I tune into what is true and what is not true when um, um, people who I do trust and respect are making me question things that I absolutely categorically know without any shadow of a doubt? And then, oh, but, hmm, you know? And how, as a black woman, am I going to, like, am I going to allow myself to question am I right or wrong um, by even having a thought um, about whether Donald Trump is not all that he seems to be when I see so much going on in the world. So that's where I just come back to how helpful is this? How helpful is this specific part of the conversation for me right now? Because if I allow myself to go down that rabbit hole, I'm silenced. I have nothing that I can say. And I can't, I don't have anything that I can contribute because some of the information that has been presented to me um, is so beyond the realms of... Um, um, Of, of what I've been exposed to my entire life, you know? It's, it's a crazy, crazy world. And then when you layer that with, well, we're, we're co-creating this and this is the collective consciousness and everything is an illusion and only love is real. And, and there are so, so many layers that again it, for me it has to come back to what is helpful what am i going to take responsibility for putting out into the world right now mm -hmm. and how serious am i going to take that i'm so grateful that you shared that because well th this can be a whole show in and of itself i learned from working in forensics for many years that and having a spiritual perspective while I did it, that sometimes the best healers come in the form of the biggest pains in the, the Tuski. Mm -hmm. And they're meant to be sociopaths, or they're meant to be psychopaths, narcissists, racists, sexists, whatever labels we're going to put on them, because they agreed to that before they came here to be the catalyst that caused the change that for whatever reason, nothing else was working, but that catalyst. And that's not to bypass what's going on because I recognize, and you know, I was really angry when, and I'm not even American, but I was really angry when he got into office and I don't usually rant on social media. I went on a rant for about three days <laughs> and then, um, as time's gone on, you know, people present different information and it's like, ooh, you know, I'm pretty good at reading information and I can't read the situation. I, I can be aware of what's been presented to me. Yeah. I can be aware of someone's history. I can be aware as well that we're kind of in the same, you know, as outsiders, I don't know if you can relate, but as outsiders looking in, I don't know if Americans realize how much of a shit show they create every election year. <laughs> right? Like, I don't see this kind of a shit show happening. And, and I'm not saying it doesn't, but it, it just doesn't come to a head the way I see that even in the last election, it was 
which evil are you going to choose? That's kind of how people felt, right? And then they were arguing over, I know they both folks are evil, but how do we, you know, yeah. how do we choose? Yeah. As outsiders, you know, it's for me anyways, and, and love to hear your opinion. Uh, I have so many American clients and so many American friends and colleagues that I naturally know what's going on just because it's such a big part of their conversation, but also as a global citizen, we kind of have to know what happens in the U.S. because it really does affect the rest of the world in some capacity. I don't know what it's like for you to be looking in and, and having, having the perception that you have. I think for a long time, it was, I really bought into, this is my bubble and I don't watch the news and I don't want to participate in politics. And for a long time, that, that served me. And I can't remember what it was or who it was. It may have been Marianne Williamson. Um, uh, but somebody said something that made me realise that it was not responsible in any way, shape or form to bury your head in the sand and pretend that bad shit isn't happening. You know? And since then, I still, you won't catch me, you know, sitting there watching 24-7 Sky News or, or, or any mainstream news outlet, actually, because, again, of the way that the news is manipulated to create um, certain responses within parts of the population. However, I now... I'm selective about what I consume, but I understand that it's important that I am, I do have awareness of what is going on in the world. And so I'm not fully integrated into it. I don't have a huge American client base by any stretch of the imagination that probably 5% of the people that I work with are from the US right now. But yeah, I look to see what is happening and often it creates a huge amount of sadness that there is that we as human beings cause so much pain and suffering to each other and at the same time it's really motivating for me it really motivates me with the mission and the belief that i am here at this specific time for a very specific reason, I chose this time. And again, I, and, and that's important to me. And the more people that I can speak to, to create awareness that they're not here by accident, that their role is important. And when they choose to step into that role collectively, we can really make a difference right now. That's what we're here for. That also feels exciting. It also feels great to be able to speak to particularly other women of colour from my perspective and help, help them to see that there is no bypassing, like the behaviour and the pain and the injustices that have been caused over centuries don't disappear because you believe that love is the most transformative power in the universe. You know, it doesn't mean because you choose success and wealth and to stand in your power that we are not acknowledging that the environment and how people have been programmed, how we as a race have been programmed for years and years and years to have low self-esteem and low self-worth and to believe that we are less than, of course that makes a difference to how easy it is to choose just to be successful. You can choose to make a minute, of course it makes a difference. You know, I believe that my job here on this planet is to help healing, to promote healing and to use the tools and the modalities that we use to really help heal those old wounds so that people can rise into what is absolutely available to us all, you know? 
So I use it as fuel. So much in what you just shared. It makes me wonder because I think this is kind of the conversation we're navigating. One of the many conversations we're navigating in the Great Awakening is where am I responsible for my mission and activating other people? And where am I not responsible for people choosing a path that doesn't involve them waking up to the degree that maybe is necessary, right, to join this new earth? Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, I had um, or have a friend who uh, was really, and the word is activated by everything. She, it was like the veil was lifted for her and she was like, you have to listen to this. You have to see this. You have to think this. And I understand, you know, why she felt so passionate about, again, being the catalyst for other people. Um, um, for me, personally, that is not, I, I don't think that that is my role. And whilst I respect it, it's like, you have the frontline people who are there on the front line with the placards. And then you have the people behind them. And then you have the ambulance people. And then you have, you know, everybody has different roles. I think that I know that some of the people that received what she had to say will be eternally grateful. And they have had the veil lifted for them. And they, you know, are deeply appreciative. And I know that there are other people who were like, this is, this is not okay. And I think that you have to, I think it's individual for every single person. I think that by coming more into alignment, so having this conversation with you for me is in alignment. It causes me prickles for sure. Like <laughs> it's like, you know, we're going there. Um, um, but it's truth, you know, it's truth. And this, having this conversation in this way for me is, is part of the role that I play. Um, um, you will not catch me, um, um, you know, jumping in on somebody. I just, yeah, that's not, that's, that's not who I am. I'm not, I'm going to be the model you know, that's my, that's what I want to do. I'm like, I want people to say, how can she think like that? How can she act like that? Why is she behaving like that? And that be the magnet for creating change. And sometimes you do have to shout and sometimes you do have to scream. And maybe one day that will be me. Um, um, but I don't feel irresponsible for that not being me now. I love that you shared that and and I think you were kind of alluding to what I might feel as well which is that I'm grateful for the people that are doing the placards and they're really trying to you know be the the town jester or I don't know whatever we call them right just spreading information and everyone needs to know this information because uh, I, I think there's a it's easy to respect someone that's willing to take a stand for their belief. And, and if their intention is pure, even if everyone listening is like, what are you talking about? Just when you can feel a pure intent behind someone's desire to help other people, it, it's uh, a little more challenging to make that wrong. But like you, um, I, I trust that people will waken when they are and they'll find the information that they'll find. And then they can come to me after they've, become aware of whatever they become aware of and then we'll process that together. But you mentioning uh, us having this type of conversation because we're still going to have some other deep conversations. I think that's exactly it, right? So many people want to actually witness an emotionally intelligent, holistic leadership-based conversation play out where both people can be held in their essence and nobody's made wrong for whatever they're contributing to a conversation yeah because here's the thing what i noticed and what did not feel in alignment with me is that 
fear was running rife and still is um, but certainly at the height of the pandemic fear was running rife on both sides of the coin and fear whether you can be shouting and saying you need to hear this but if underneath it the vibration is if you don't hear this you're you know everything's going to you know crumble in a moment it's the same fear that is saying everybody needs to be injected everybody needs to have be vaccinated within da, da, da. it's the same vibration you know you have to it, your work is to is to eliminate fear that's the, all of our work to really understand that there is nothing to be fearful of and that is such a huge undertaking. And when I say that, I know I understand how you know, to some people that might just sound ridiculous, but fear is the cause of all evil in the world. Fear of self, fear of, you know, it's fear of ourselves, fear of others. So if we don't have anything to fear, then where do we put that energy? I think that the experience that we have signed up for involves contrast. I think that, so for example, when my mum died, that created fear in me around who am I as a person? Am I worthy as a person? Am I deserving as a person? Being able to look at those bits of yourself that the, the shadows, the, the densities, the less attractive parts of yourself and learning to love those bits of yourself you get to transmute that energy, you know? You talk about the alchemist going from lead to gold. So you take that darkness within yourself and through the process of learning to love that, you get to alchemize that into gold. And so the healing of the planet starts with understanding that all of those bits that you're scared of within yourself, none of those are worthy of your worthy of of that fear does that make sense mm -hmm. i really love the way you you shared that and it brings me back to trump for a moment because i think even a few years ago we can agree that he is someone that really just mirrored back to us the contrast that we're still trying to navigate how do you share a planet with someone whose beliefs are completely different than yours? Or how do you, uh, how do you uh, have, I don't know if neutrality is the right word, but maybe non-attachment to outcomes when someone is so, I don't even know what to say, but you get what I mean, right? Like when someone is, is so firm in their convictions around what their perspective of the world is, if, if Trump is really just the, I don't know, the trinket that we all get to look at when we go to the fair and we bring something home from the fair, for example, and, and that's always a reminder of, you know, that experience when we look at him and we, we know that of the many things he kicks up in people around the world, even if he's not their leader, is this this discomfort with contrast, how do we, whether it be him, and I'm just speaking about him kind of as a metaphor, but when we do encounter people that hold so much contrast to what we're actually comfortable with, how do we navigate that? So I was listening and I wish I could remember the lady's name. I can remember her um, program. It's called the Supreme Love Project. Um, um, and she shared a really magnificent exercise and um, the exercise was called I wonder and she talked about using it when you're in a, an extreme situation where somebody is acting in a very extreme way and 
you ask yourself kind of quite, you know, benign questions, I suppose, like, I wonder if that person had eggs this morning. I wonder if that person has a daughter. I wonder if that person is good at making pancakes. And it was so powerful for me to hear that because what she was talking about was understanding that humanity runs through every single individual. And when you can take a moment to wonder about the humanity of an individual, it brings us back into unity. And that was so, it's like you either believe in oneness or you don't. You either believe that we are all interconnected or you don't. You either believe that love is the ultimate, most transformative power or you don't. And often for me, I bring it back because we say all of the time, it's not black and white, everything's gray, there's a load of gray area. But when I bring it back to, do you believe that only love is real, Suze? And in the beginning and at the end, and this was the Buffet experience, by the way, as well. At the beginning, oh, it was, so I went back to the beginning of time. It was like I saw Adam and Eve. I went back to the Garden of Eden and then my whole body was filled with love filled with love like in a, in a in a way that I have never experienced I couldn't talk I was just consumed by this incredible feeling and I had this just as I was kind of coming back to reality and what occurred to me was I went back to the beginning of time just before the end of this um, journey and it was like at the beginning and at the end there was only love. And in the middle, where the fear was, where I lost my mind, where I felt like I was expelling every single ugly thing that I had ever done or felt or experienced from my body, none of that was real. You know, and so it's like, do I believe that at the beginning and at the end, there is only love? And the answer is always yes. You know, how quickly can I release the reins? How quickly can I release the illusion and come back to that? You know, that is the, that's the game that I am playing. Often very badly. <laughs> you know, that is... That is the game. And it's not about excusing. And it's really important to really say it's not about excusing bad behavior or saying that it doesn't matter. You know, I come from um, a family where all of my siblings were fostered, where there has been abuse, where there has, you know, so I don't use these words or have this opinion like coming from this place of, um, I live a very privileged life right now, but this doesn't come from that place, this opinion. It doesn't come from never having any experienced any pain. It doesn't come from having never experienced any suffering. You know, it comes from choosing to believe, like asking myself, what is helpful? What is not helpful? What, how can I make a positive change? And what is going to keep me stuck? knowing that if I can make a positive change, I can help others make a positive change too. It's not about ever denying history or denying that bad things happen. It is always about asking, how can we alchemize that, turn that lead into gold? Do I believe that there is always an opportunity to turn lead into gold? Yes. Do I believe that this awakening, you can't have a global awakening without a huge amount of suffering. You can't get to the tipping point without that. And sorry, but I feel like this is important as well, just in terms of, and again, it's not about bypassing it, but it's about believing that 
there are multiple timelines happening right now. You know, this isn't the only story. This is the story right now. And again, that could be a whole nother <laughs> show, I'm sure. But in terms of it's helpful for me to really be able to tune into that too. I feel like I've opened up another can of worms with that last sentence, but. That's okay. We'll just have you back on. Yeah. <laughs> really, because timeline is a word that's getting thrown around a lot. And, and I don't know that we're not, I, I sense that a lot of people use that in a jargony way. They're not really appreciating that. Because one of the things I'm noticing, and maybe you've noticed it too, is that the time and space continuum that we're in is very different than the time and space continuum that we were used to. And so there has to be some other timeline at play right now because our concept of time and our relationship to space and so on is just different. Mm. I don't know how to, how to word it differently. And people will say, and I've said this, you know, I'm choosing the 5D timeline, which really for me just means I'm choosing to be a part of this experience and to help as many people as I'm meant to, whatever contracts I have to usher as many people through to the other side of this. And I know that is just a metaphor yeah. and to help anchor the energy in our new systems. Mm -hmm. And I know we were going to talk a little bit about, uh, well, the, the conversation deserves way more, but we were going to bring up race in the context of the new paradigm and, and race and really any oppressive systems because oppression really is rooted in the foundational energetics of all of the systems that we benefit from, from education to government to the monetary system and so on. And when you were talking about love, it was such a beautiful description. And I also know that people get hammered for using love as the energy to, we'll just, we'll just love our way through this situation that's Doesn't happening matter. on the planet right now. We'll just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how do we, Knowing that, and we've talked about this on the show, for multiple reasons, we have to deconstruct racism and other oppressive things in the world. It's just time. I'm, I can speak for myself, but I'm just so over having to, that, that it's even still an issue in this day and age. Like, why have we not moved on from this? But we haven't, and we're going to deal with it. And we just can't have it in the new paradigm. It's not going to happen. How do we navigate this conversation from a place of love, but not using love as the way to just paint it and, you know, kind of make it go away? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think that acknowledgement really is i think it starts with acknowledging people's pain and existence and i think that um, um like for example with law of attraction um, um i was speaking to denise duffel thomas yesterday and she was saying um, um the meme that really got her thinking was did i just manifest that or was it white privilege and yeah, I think that particularly in the spiritual industry um, um, world, which can feel very exclusive, because when somebody says, actually, um, um, you know, my son was murdered by the police or by, you know, the responses, the responses can be, well, you attracted that or that's your karmic, um, um, you know, that's your karma. And that is, you know, obviously that is devastating to hear that. that, that, that it, why would you want to be part of this world when uh, those things are thrown around so willy-nilly? And really, from my perspective, it's understanding what pre-programming does. And it's really, really like understanding how the brain works and not pretending that it is, I said it earlier on, that it's just as easy as choosing when you have grown up 
in an environment where you have been surrounded by violence and told that you are nothing and no one and will, you know, will never amount to anything and think that you can just think your way into, um, um, into abundance, into joy, into happiness, like your environment absolutely matters. And so the acknowledgement and recognition of the environment that particularly um, um, African American people have been brought up in and the legacy that they have been born into how does that, you know, I say I don't know, but I do. It comes back to what I was saying earlier on. How do you, um, how do you make that work in this conversation about where we go? You acknowledge each and every single individual story. And then you provide the support and the help to, um, um, and using the word undo isn't right, but it's heal heal that pain from the inside out giving somebody you know you're seeing it a lot right now oh i'm just going to gift this person my course i'm just going to you know i'm going to you know get i i i find it really um, um with the number of people making performative like i'm woke I'm really woke. You need to do this. And I've done this anti-racism course. So therefore I'm an expert. I find it really, really uncomfortable, really uncomfortable. And how we are going to make real transformation in this world is to acknowledge and then help each individual person heal from the inside out. And that is love. That's learning to love yourself. And as a black woman brought up with white parents as well, that's my work right now. It's looking at where's the internalized racism? You know, what are my views? And again, what have I been programmed to think that I wasn't even aware that I was being programmed to think about? That takes time and dedication and that takes money for sure. And so it's being really mindful about that education piece from, you know, the tiny babies through to grandma and granddad who have seen it all. Like, let's speak to you. Let's, let's hear you. Let's hear your story and then show you the different tools that are here to help healing. Like, and that isn't, that doesn't happen um, because that's what I believe. That's, that's the conversation I believe needs to be happening alongside the call for acknowledgement, alongside the call for equality, alongside for the halting of injustice. And because of my own biases, that part of the story and the healing of individuals and creating spaces for people to get that healing. For me, I would say, because you know that I think that love is the most transformative power on the planet, that that's the most important thing that has the capacity to change the most things. And I think that it's also important to say like, the question is, is how can it happen? How can it happen in the first place? And if we're all living under a collective illusion, if the KKK person has been brought up by the mother and the father who had that, you know, they are being fed this information from year dot. That's how it can happen. When you understand, and I, again, I am learning about this myself, but when you understand what unconscious bias is, of course, of course this shit can happen when you understand what unconscious bias is. When you don't even know 
that you're looking at somebody like they are less than because when you were six months old, you observed somebody making a face that was, you know, not not a pleasant face to somebody as they were walking, you know. It's just, of course that can happen when you're under that collective illusion and a whole system has been been built on that. You know? That's how it can happen. And one by one by one by one is how you create a movement, changing the way people think, changing the way people see things and helping each and every individual on the planet heal. That's how you change things. And, and that's There's love. a lot of work to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We do. I agree with you. You know, it's because everyone's story is different and how they were raised is different, you know, to, to think that there's going to be one solution. Right. And I'm glad that you brought up performative allyship because it's not really a term a lot of people know. And I'm really trying to be mindful of that because I have so much to unlearn, so much to learn, so much to unravel. I'm actually grateful that people are taking the lead in these conversations because I genuinely want to learn from different voices and, and different people. And I know a lot of my colleagues feel that way too. We're kind of over the same sort of faces that are behind the same messages, right? Like we want, we want some diversity. And then thinking as you're talking, there was a time when the LGBTQ movement was, there was some performative allyship and probably still is, right? <clears throat> but I wonder if even though there's some hidden agendas within that, if it's still a necessary tool or a necessary stage that we need to go through collectively in order to create the awareness that we really need to dismantle this well it depends if the actions if there are actions that are followed up by the flag wave flag waving you know mm -hmm. just saying i i'm an ally and then not doing any work to understand your own unconscious bias is is not helpful mm-hmm mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that, um, I mean, the one thing that is happening with, with the performative allyship is that it's, it's bringing it more to the surface, bringing the conversation that needs to have. I'm not agreeing with how it's happening because like you, I, we can all smell it behind people's posts, for example, or behind people's messages. It's like, <laughs> there's just a lack of depth of sincerity, I guess you could say, right? And um, yeah, it's just a wondering I have, um, and not that I'm okay with it, just that I wonder if it's either just a natural developmental stage in any movement where something really needs to come to light uh, or how we get around that so that we can skip that stage altogether and just go to actually being a walking ally. Like I, my words are actually matching what I'm saying I'm doing. Yeah. I think that um, um, the problem is that if you are not serious about it, there will be another shiny new object in a couple of weeks time that will take your attention away. And the one or two social media posts that have been put up um, and then drowned in the trillion other social media posts that are put up on any given day become meaningless. So I hear what you're saying about, you know what, if you get enough people, even if they're not all sincere, if you get enough people talking about it, but it's about lasting and sustained change, isn't it? And mm -hmm. that you have to be committed for that. I'm just letting that drop into my heart. 
So if I'm hearing you correctly, love is the beginning and the end. Mm. And it's, we need to put it into motion through our actions in order to facilitate the change that's needed and is inevitably going to happen through this new, new paradigm shift that we're going through. Yeah. And that your role in this is to awaken over a million women to really move beyond their limits and create an amazing life and allow themselves to be financially abundant and really abundant on all levels. Yeah. So how do people get to work with you? <laughs> how do people find you? <laughs> so I have my own podcast called The Limitless Life Experience, um, which I love. And then you can find me on Instagram, Susie underscore Ashworth. And I've got a free Facebook group called the Quantum Success Hub for Female Entrepreneurs. So come find me over there too. Fantastic. Well, Susie, it's been such a pleasure to have you sharing your light. And I know we'll need to do this again because we're kind of having a high level conversation in a lot of ways today. And there's some deep dives that we'll want to keep doing. So I appreciate you sharing your time with us. And uh, I hope that we have a ton of people reaching out to you and, and joining your community. So thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you to all of you for listening. It's been a slice. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you learned today, I would love for you to share with your friends by leaving a review so that more people can learn of the show and be impacted by the information we're sharing here. If you aren't already following me on social media, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Jennifer Longmore. And I'd also love for you to visit my website, www.souljourneys.ca and claim your free soul acceleration system while you're there. You'll become a VIP recipient of my ever-popular daily messages from the Akasha delivered to your inbox each day. With love and namaste.